Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Miguel is your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Anyhow, what is the show going to be about today? Let me go ahead and put that baby on the screen right now. Today's show is Let's Get Busy. Uh, Republican hypocrisy on life dethroned. I mean, we have a, we, we show a piece that shows one of the farmers of this particular right-wing evangelical supposedly pro-life thing. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about uh, about the other side, talking to the other side. I'm still working on that video while I'm playing our interview today. I'm going to try to finish up that video so that I can bring it to you nice and finished. But anyhow, folks, it's going to be a good one. Let's go ahead and uh, first of all, let me, I can't get busy. I got to talk about what you guys have already written on the stuff, right? So let's go ahead and start reading what you guys have put out there already. Vamos a ver, vamos a ver. Michael Rodman says, Justice Department, Seuss, Texas, over New Redistrict and Maps, says, plans discriminate against Latino black voters. There is no penalty for racist gerrymandering. Tells you all you need to know about the Republican Party and other supporters. Actually, though, that is true. If you can prove that your gerrymandering is because of party reasons again basically partisan reasons you can get away with it even if your partisan reasons look racist the courts the way it is set up now they'll give you a pass second item from michael rodden says bow of the fifth column at 250 the republican party is in large part has realized it cannot win on outdated bad ideas so rather than giving up on those ideas they have decided to give up on the fun founding ideas of this country they can't win through the democratic process through failed ideas, so they have given up on democracy itself and are attempting to actively undermine the representative democracy that we have in this republic. Probably worth noting that this was not unexpected, as this was kind of predicted by everybody who looked at fascism, voting rights, and maps of gerrymandering. We think of that as something that don't really occur anymore, but it obviously does. I want to make one correction to what Bo said. Here's what Bo said. They can't win through the democratic process. All right, they, they, they have decided to give up on the founding ideas of this country instead. The founding ideas of this country were modified by, what again? Amendments to the Constitution because the founding of this country, in fact, only gave about 3% of the population any real voice in running the country. So what I, would, what I, what I try to get across to people is what we are seeing really is the return. The Republican Party, in many cases, returning to the founding ideas. I know that's sort of a controversial statement to make, but if we look at reality and not the fantasy of equality and, and a country that really believes in everybody having a good say and all those great things, if we, if we, uh, if we give up on the fallacy of, or, or, or that myth of who we really are, we can actually come to some sort of a reality. The country was founded in such a manner that allows the Republican Party or even the Democratic Party to do exactly what they're doing today. An electoral college that it does not have to follow the will of the people, state laws that don't have to follow the will of the people, all these things are codified within the Constitution, right? So let's you know, I, I love Bo, but on this case, Bo has bought also 
into the mythology. We are making America a better country. We are making the laws of America better. But the original founding of this country was made for 3% of the country. And each time activists brought more freedom, activists brought more rights to people. So if what, what, we're, what I want everybody to understand is that the Republicans are doing absolutely nothing outside the norm of the creation of this country. And what we have, as citizens have to do is remember, all of us are humans, all of us have the right, all of us have the right to do these things. So let's go ahead and be clear here and we can move on. But other than that, I love what Bo uh, stands for. Bo is a real ethical kind of a guy. But on this one, I want him not to buy or not, I mean, well, Rodney says Egberto, I'm sure Bo of the fifth column would probably agree with you. His commentary was specifically as response to Republican talking point. Exactly. But you don't respond to a talking point, in my humble opinion, with a myth. I think you respond to, and, and, and responding to a myth allows others to come in and say, well, look, remember the founding fathers did X, Y, Z. So what the Republican Party is doing isn't really out of scope with the foundation of this country. And that is what, that's why I say we don't want to bring mythology into fact-based reporting. All right, and last one from, uh, well, another one from Mike says, headed for a six-mass extinction, MIT geophysicist Daniel Rothman warns oceans are on the brink, says carbon in the atmosphere may push our seas past a tipping point, triggering a cascading catastrophe of global ecosystem. Rothman calculated that the critical threshold of carbon in the ocean is around 300 gigatons in a century, and we're on the track to add over 500 gigatons by 2100. And here's the other thing that's interesting, right? We are turning the ocean acidic, carbonic acid, right? The carbon going into the ocean. So we have to be careful of all these things. So there's so many things that are headed in this direction. All right, let's go. Mar Welcome aboard, AVQ. Welcome aboard, Senor Rodney. And of course, Norman Reynolds is here. Norman is going to be featured because Norman sent me a video. Because I think Norman is in disagreement with the amount of leeway that I give the right, with the amount of compassion that I give the right, with that, that I want to have a conversation with the right. Uh, Norman thinks that it's a for that they're foregone and that they're, it's impossible to have a conversation with them. And he brought a piece that actually pretty much says the same, right? But I disagree with the piece. And then I'll, I'll play it and then talk about it in a little bit. And, and I don't think I have to process it. I think I can find a way to, I don't know, I may have to process it. Anyway, let's go ahead and continue. Michael also said, richest 1% took 38% of new global wealth since 1995. The bottom half got just 2%. A new report finds that global inequities in wealth and income are about as great today as they were at the peak of Western imperialism in early 20th century. Grossly unfair is an understatement. We need to consider replacing a neoliberal capitalist model. That is what the capitalist model breeds. That is by design. If capital, beset, if, if capital begets capital, then those without capital, right, it's impossible for them to get anything. So... That is by design. Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard, my dear Nanette Bird-Smith. May Wood, hello all from Long Beach, California. ATL checking in. Paul Fleming, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes says, here is your quid pro quo on Biden. I don't know what you're talking about, but Hank Lamb. Remember that Democrats helped seat all the right-wing judges under Trump's move to the right of American courts. That's the height of hypocrisy. Uh, Hank Lamb, how am I going to disagree with you, brother? 
How can I possibly disagree with that truth? Daniel Adose, you don't have the right to force half the country to accept your new cultural and political paradigms. I am not asking half the country to support um, the, the new political paradigm at all. I'm saying leave me to allow me my political paradigm. If you want to, if you want to do these things that, that burdens women, burden your women. If you want to do these things that affect or make people poor, make your people poor. But don't force everybody into that box. Senor Ledo, Michael Rodney says, Eric Hayes, good video, regardless of Democratic or Republican in power, our government have screwed with our country so much. It's not our government, it's our plutocracy. Who then pays the government to do so? Eric Hayes says, the U.S. warns Russia about sanctions, etc. Well, the Afghanistan minority of people, it's okay, uh, whatever. Ledo says, uh, to Nanette Bertrand, okay, so that what minority of people is it okay to force through your agenda? It's not about a minority, it's about a society, but we'll get there a little bit later. Replying to Hank Lamb, yep, I can't understand what they were doing either. Trump and Senate Republicans aren't carrying out this hijacking of our courts on our own. Astoundly, a majority of Democratic senators have voted for at least 60% of Trump's judges. Several Democrats have even voted for judges on Trump's Supreme Court shortlist, even though Trump does, told us during his campaign for president that his shortlist would only in include those who roll back women. And you know what is so funny about all of this, buddies, brothers and sisters? This is what's so funny. When Republicans are in power, they just say, we are going to leave the Supreme Court with just eight justices. To hell with it. We don't care. If somebody else dies or whatever, we'll leave it there until we can actually make that change. The one thing that I have to tell you about Democrats is Democrats are not in power as you may think they are. Here is what I honestly think. There is a certain dynamic in this country, folks, that we need to learn about. And that is, we look at it between Republicans and Democrats. I'm here mostly getting better. I'm so glad to hear that you're getting better. Brother Bruce has come down with a, a case of uh, COVID. I'm so happy you're getting better. I, I, I send him a text every day or... I call him or I email him to make sure our brother in Kingwood is doing fine. And I'm happy, happy, happy that my, my big brother is doing just fine. So, uh, look, Bruce, you keep getting healthy, brother. We, you know, we, we, we want you around, brother. We want you around. We want you around. So uh, you're important to the movement. Like, uh, like so many around here, uh, you are going to make things happen. You are part of what makes things happen. All right, let's go ahead and continue. I tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to go ahead and get this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get this interview going, and then I'll come back and we'll answer things. Because what I want to do is I want to prepare the video that that Norman sent me, and I didn't really have the time to get it through with it. But I'm going to try to show you guys the video because it's actually pretty damn important. So let's go ahead and start the interview, and then we'll take it on the other. Side. Let me make sure I got it good. There we go. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Egberto Willis, Marlon Weems, aka the Journeyman, a man who spent 30 years in finance. Ten of them where on Wall Street here on Politics Done Right. Yeah, Global <laughs> Investment Bank subsequently hired him to help them decipher development in the financial and social economic landscape. Marlon points out that mainstream news really drills down enough to give a true picture of what's happening, let alone what it all means. And henceforth, 
the writer he created, the journeyman. Welcome to Politics Done Right, Marlon Wimps. Thank you so kindly for being here with us. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for having me, Egberto. Well, let me tell you, I met you in Woke, um, uh, writers and editors of color, and I could not have been more happy to find someone of your caliber there. I read some of your work at the journeyman on that you carry on Substack and on, on Medium. And all I can tell you is we need to get your work out, especially <laughs> since you are uh, you were in the belly of what capitalism is all about. And while you're probably not as like I am, you've been, you know exactly what's going on in America. Welcome to Politics and Right. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, as you said, um, I um, spent 30 years uh, in, in finance. I started out actually in the deep south uh, in Arkansas, which is home. And um, um, worked at one of the largest investment banks off Wall Street for about 10 years and then uh, left there and started my own firm, which uh, was the first Black-owned investment firm in Arkansas. Uh, and, you know, that's probably a subject for another, <laughs> for another interview because, uh, as you can imagine, um, I was not welcomed with open arms. But uh, five years later, uh, I shut the business down and took the opportunity to, to move to Wall Street and uh, spent the next 13 years there um, uh, ultimately running a program trading desk for one of the premier Black-owned firms uh, in New York. And um, as, you, as you put it, I was uh, definitely in the belly of the beast, uh, certainly not at the, um, uh, the highest level in that I wasn't at a Goldman or uh, J.P. Morgan, but um, to some extent, if you're in that game, you're in the game regardless. And uh, I did business with a lot of the uh, familiar names and everything from uh, program trading to running um, uh, share repurchase programs for guys like Walmart and Microsoft and, and the like. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, I, I liken it to when uh, you, you have a guy in the NFL, a running back, and that's in a sense where uh, the name of my newsletter, The Journeyman, comes from. And, you know, in that I had been one of those, uh, you know, one of those players that had uh, had been in a lot of aspects, but never quite the Tom Brady, but still uh, in, you know, in the game. Uh, Consequential. Someone... Exactly. And so, um, you know, Wall Street made the decision for a lot of us during the financial crisis. And at that point, uh, I had started to have some um, uh, you know, just reconsideration about my career and the value of uh, uh, being on a trading desk all day and, you know, their lifestyle or not lifestyle, but quality of life uh, considerations. You know, I never saw my kids. And so we decided to move to North Carolina and just kind of reboot. And uh, that's where I started uh, my writing career as a consultant for a, uh, a capital markets firm that uh, did work for, you know, the big bulge bracket firms, uh, you know, messaging and that sort of thing. And, uh, it, you know, it, it paid well, um, but, you know, the life of a freelancer, as you probably know, you're always waiting to get paid. And 
So I felt like to an extent, I was trading one master for another. And, um, you know, post 2016, uh, I think my family got tired of me uh, shouting at the television <laughs> all the time. And they were like, you know, why don't you write some of this stuff down that you're saying? And so uh, a couple of years ago, I started a newsletter and, and here we are. Well, you know, and, and, and America is glad to have a newsletter of, of your caliber, my friend, because like I, like I said, there are so many good writers out there that uh, whose messages get, uh, get clouded or, or, or get clouded out by what we have coming out only in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or the, the, the Post or whatever, good writing people that understand exactly what's going on in our society, people that live within the different parts of our society that simply go unheard. One of the things that we like to do here is to make sure uh, to keep our motto going, and that is absolutely everybody has a voice, and your voice is one that needs to be heard. I've, I've read some of your stuff. I've noticed that you've You've talked a lot about or, or recently about inflation and, um, and, and how it really affects differently different people. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Because what happens in, is we hear the buzzwords, but we don't really tell the whole story. Well, a couple of things. I mean, I started in, uh, in finance in 1983. So, uh, you know, my, um, I don't quite have the visceral response to what's going on now, given that when I started, uh, I remember one of my aunts was buying CDs at 13.5%. So, um, you know, with interest rates really just being, you know, at zero, um, if they go, uh, you know, if, if mortgage rates go up, you know, it's, it seems to me to be kind of an adjustment uh, to the mean to some extent. Um, but at the same time, uh, let's face it, uh, $4 um, a gallon gasoline affects me and you and people that aren't even as fortunate as you and I. A uh, hell of a lot more than it's going to affect Elon Musk, right? He's probably not even going to notice. So um, I think uh, you know, that's certainly something that I think about, um, notwithstanding the fact that there's very little the president can do about it, uh, because these are unregulated markets. Um, I, uh, I have read, and, and it's something I've thought about uh, drilling into a little bit. Uh, you know, you look at Saudi Arabia and OPEC, and they're really keeping these prices uh, high. And, you know, there's some people that say it's in anticipation of uh, them losing market share as uh, electric vehicles become more prevalent. So, uh, you know, that's, that's certainly something to think about. Um, uh, you know, so, so um, I'm sorry, I don't know if that answers your no, question. No, no, but I, actually, I, you I'm brought up a, an important point that mm -hmm. I want you, uh, that I'd like, like some, uh, some, some additional info on, because what I've been preaching, and I don't, uh, recently is that, first of all, inflation can only occur if uh, somebody has price and power, and there are some people who will never have price and power, and there are those who Absolutely. will have price and power. And you just gave a, a, an excellent example as far as uh, Saudi Arabia. Inflation occurs when there are shortages of either labor, shortages of products, sharp mm -hmm. shortages of services. And the truth is, when it comes to petroleum, there's none of that. Uh, it's a false shortage. Well, you, they're creating it. By, right. By Explain supply. that concept, because 
uh, if we were a true market, I always talk about the mythical market. If we were a true market, <laughs> that couldn't happen, could it? Well, you know, theoretically, uh, no, because, uh, you know, markets would just, uh, the supply would find a demand and it would be sort of a natural thing. Uh, as, as you said, um, what the Saudi Arabians and, and OPEC, you know, sort of writ large are doing is they're controlling the supply to make the prices, um, uh, you know, sort of making prices high, um, you know, not uh, in a natural way. Uh, and, and it's not just them, because if you look um, at a variety of different companies, so, you know, you see uh, Chipotle and different ones raising their prices, they don't have to raise prices, but they see the opportunity to do that. And that's, you know, back to what you say about capitalism and why uh, I consider myself, let's say, a reform capitalist uh, in the sense that I can remember the day when I would be saying that that's a good thing. But now that I've stepped away from that bubble and you see how it affects, you know, just real life, um, you know, not so much. So um, a lot of these prices that we're seeing on beef and my brother actually called me yesterday. Uh, we were talking on the phone and he went. He was on his way to get a Subway sandwich. And, and he calls me by five minutes later. And he says, man, I just walked out of Subway. And I'm like, well, what I'm thinking, you know, a fight broke out or something like that. He said, man, they tried to charge me. All right, folks. I royally, in in, in, a, in an attempt to go ahead and put all these things together in real time, I really screwed that one up. Uh, so here's what I'm going to do. I'd, I want to do Moreland Weems justice, so I am going to play his entire thing tomorrow when things are better because, like I said, uh, with the timing that we have left in the show right now, it's going to be a problem. So for those of you who are listening to uh, Marlon, I will play Marlon again tomorrow. And to, I don't know if Marlon is watching right now or not. I am so sorry. This is uh, first in a long time that I've had such a large screw up. So what I want to do, however, then is I'm going to go to the other subjects at hand. We're going to go through the other videos that I have to play, and tomorrow we'll do uh, Marlon. Now, now here's the thing, um, because I really want to touch on this subject. I'm going to first touch on going with what republicanism has become, and then. I'm going to bring up the issue with uh, <laughs> Daniel Ledo said he's hacking my computer. No, Daniel, you're not hacking my computer. That was Egberto Willis's own screw up by trying to process a video, a new video that from Norman Reynolds at the same time that I was playing another video. Uh, it just got convoluted because, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here with a partial setup. Okay, I'm here with a partial setup. So the journeyman will be back manana. But here is here's the deal. I want to play this video for you with um, what Chris Murphy had to say. Then I'm going to play one other one, and then we're going to go into the subject with Norman because I think they're a propos. So let's go ahead and get busy and play that video. Chris Murphy of Connecticut took to the Senate floor and said this. Mr. President, I understand that my Republican colleagues have very strong views on issues related to abortion. But I listened 
to my Republican colleagues come down here one after another today and talk about the sanctity of life. At the very moment that moms and dads in Michigan were being told that their kids weren't coming home because they were shot at school due to a country that has accepted gun violence due to Republicans' fealty to the gun lobby. Do not lecture us about the sanctity, the importance of life when 100 people every single day are losing their lives to guns, when kids go to school fearful that they won't return home because a classmate will turn a gun on them, when it is in our control whether this happens. You care about life? Then get these dangerous military-style weapons off the streets, out of our schools. You care about life? Make sure that criminals don't get guns by making sure that everybody goes through a background check in this country. We're not unlucky. This is purposeful. This is a choice made by the United States Senate to sit on our hands and do nothing while kids die. It's terrifying to me that this generation of kids goes to school expecting that a shooting will happen at the place where they learn. And it is, of course, a choice that we're making because there's no other country in the high-income world that experiences this rate of gun violence. It's not that the United States has any more mental illness than other countries. It's not that the United States spends any less money on law enforcement than those other countries. The difference is, is that the ease of access here in the United States to these high-powered weapons is just absolutely differentiating from every other uh, nation that we do business with. These broken brains in other countries may end up in a fist fight, um, maybe in the worst case, uh, someone getting stabbed. But here in the United States, it ends up with uh, dozens of people getting killed in places like Sandy Hook and others across the country. So we make a choice um, to populate this country with wildly powerful guns that are designed to kill as many people as quickly as possible. Um, and we get the policy that we have chosen to live with. That is 100 people every single day dying from guns. I mean, it's really stunning how cavalier Republicans are with life after birth. It's not just the way they accept the carnage that exists in this country due to gun violence. It's also the way in which they just wave a hand to 700,000 people that have died from COVID, uh, how they're fighting measures designed to save people's lives in this pandemic. Um, they care a whole lot uh, about uh, the unborn. But once you're born, there doesn't seem to be a lot of concern for uh, the livelihood of individuals who are on this planet with us. And so, um, you know, whether we adopt their phraseology or not, I don't know. But I think more people need to do what I did last week, which was call them out on this pretty incredible hypocrisy. Call them out on this pretty incredible hypocrisy. Pretty incredible hypocrisy. Here's the thing, folks. It is so important for us to understand what's happening and one of the problems that Democrats have is they generally don't, they don't fight the fight appropriately. You know, a lot of, there are a lot of good Republicans out there that are fooled because the politicians are catering a message that has no pushback. And when we push back, we can make a difference. You know, it's like the pro-life. Always make sure and say, wait a minute, you don't want to provide help to a family so that they can live well? You don't want to help that family. You need to, as soon as they hit we with 
you are taxing and spending, ask them, what would you prefer to cut from these families? What would you prefer to do to these children? Do you prefer giving those tax cuts to those wealthy people who don't need anything more? Do you want to take the food out of the mouth of those people? You have to cater the argument. But you know what the problem is? There are many Democrats who just want to go so far because they think if they ever bite the bullet and become a humane society, you can't have the wealthy that you have today. Because remember, the wealthy grows on the back of the poor. The wealthy grows on all our backs. The wealthy are secret enslavers. But we have to understand how it works. When I say this, some people, oh, that's exploitative. Oh, that sounds, that is beyond the curtain. No, it's not. It is fact-based. The numbers show it. But we have not learned how to accept it. All right, the other one I want to show you is the genesis of the right-wing movement and the apology on the same. Check this out, because this guy was part of the movement. He was part of the creation of the right-wing. And what he feels now is that we unleashed something that is destroying this country. It is destroying women. It is doing all that is wrong. Check this out, and then from Schaefer, and then we'll take it on the other side. It's always good to say, I am sorry. GOP is rife with hypocrisy. But one of the more stunning examples is their so-called pro-life stance. While women and children are literally dying of COVID in red states. That's because the anti-abortion movement was never about life. But yet another rallying cry churned up by the fake outrage machine to win elections. Joining me now is Frank Schaefer, director and author of several books, including Why I Am an Atheist Who Believes in God. Frank, it's always great to talk with you. You know, you were around at the beginning of the creation of this, this what's now called the pro-life movement. But, I mean, it really wasn't about abortion. Well, sadly, it happened in large measure because of the work that my father and I and Dr. Sievert Koop, who became Surgeon General for Ronald Reagan, did in bringing a film series that I wrote and directed based on a book that Sievert Koop and Dad wrote called Whatever Happened to the Human Race to millions and millions of evangelicals. Now, what will surprise you and many viewers is to understand that when we took that series out, many evangelicals were pro-choice. In fact, Dr. Reverend Billy Graham, the great evangelist, Dr. Criswall, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, these men refused to participate in our seminars when they had been avid followers of my dad and our work before that. And I was dad's nepotistic sidekick. Now, introducing me tonight, you mentioned a book, Why I'm an Atheist Who Believes in God. But after that came out, I've spent the last six years writing an apology to women and families in America that we damaged uh, called Fall in Love, Have Children, Stay Put, Save the Planet, Be Happy. And the reason I have done that is that my family unleashed the rabid religious right on women when, in fact, evangelicals were evenly divided and even a little bit pro-choice. So one of the lies the religious right tells and one of the lies the Republican Party tells is somehow that part of evangelical theology, the theology of people like Reverend Billy Graham, Dr. Criswell, the editors of Christianity Today magazine, who also in those days were pro-choice, has always been like the Catholic Church on this issue. It has not been. Yeah. So the first lie is evangelicals, as I point out in my book, Fall in Love, Have Children, was that evangelicals somehow were pro-life. They weren't. 
They were like other Americans, many shocked by women having to go to back alley abortions. A lot of people like Dr. Graham, for instance, who told me I was in the meeting with him at the Mayo Clinic with my dad. And we met in, in Billy's room where he was undergoing a checkup. And Billy said, I can't preach to women and tell them what to do about this. Men don't get pregnant. How dare yeah. I do that? Yeah. So he was reasonable on it. So the first lie, uh, Joy, is that we come from a place where we have acted as if this is part of Christian theology. It is right. not. And the second thing is, is that my family, sadly, as I talk about in the book, went out of its way not to stop abortion, but to put women back in their place. This mm. was a misogynistic movement. I was part of it. And that's why I've spent the last six years writing an apology and what I hope is the most pro-family, pro-child, pro-woman book out there. And I'll tell you something. You cannot be pro-family unless you are pro-choice. Yeah. Because if women are treated like nothing more than incubating vessels, second-class citizens, and this horrible burden that nature and evolution or God or whoever the creator was puts on women, if this is not balanced by the right to choose... We cannot have an equal society. Women cannot have careers. Women mm -hmm. cannot have lives. And, and, and so I am so sorry for the part I played. I am so sorry on behalf of my father for the part we played. We were a misogyny team. We were not pro-life. We were a misogyny team. We were not pro-life. And it is evident. All the statistics tell you the same thing. And it's good that Schaefer comes out and says, I apologize. And because he was at the genesis of the movement, because he was a part of the movement, because he, along with his family, were the creators of this movement, having him out and showing this and explaining this and letting others see this won't convince all, convince all, but it will convince some. Uh, before I get into Norman's piece, and this is Norman Reynolds, because I think Norman is having some issues with his, his, with, his, with his little brother or big brother. I don't know which one we're going to call it here today, because I think he thinks sometimes we appease the right a little bit too much. But before we go there, what I want to do is ask all of you that are on YouTube, all of you that are on Facebook, all of you that are everywhere, please support us by going to... If you're on YouTube, please click that join button. Become a part of our posse. We need you to continue doing this work that we do. We cannot do this without you. You are the only link left in saving our democracy, supporting many like us. And I'm not the only one. Daily Coast, Op-Ed News, um, the Democratic Underground. Uh, I'm telling you, all these are rags, common dreams. All of these are rags that need support, small dollar support from all our people to ensure we can be out there telling the message. So if you're on YouTube, click join. It's just a cup of coffee, folks. Click uh, join and become a part of the PDR Posse. Alternatively, if you're not on YouTube, go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Please support us via that way. I give you a little notice on why you would want to support us. Alternatively, you can support us on Patreon, which we need a lot of patrons as well politicsunright.com slash patron. Patron is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. P-S in person, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Support us there as you, if you can. Alternatively as well, support us at PayPal. politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. 
politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Consider getting our books. All the things that we discuss from capitalism to, to the, to the, to the um, patent system to all these things are discussed in my book. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. How to talk to the other side to make sure that we all realize we're really on one team and the fight is not with us, but with the plutocracy. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. And to show what we can build as a society is it's, uh, it's the, the book. Uh, what is my, my third book's name again? Uh, it, is, it is How to Make America Utopia. How to Make America Utopia. And where can you get all those books? Go to politicsandright.com slash books. Politicsandright.com slash books. Uh, please, you can, get, uh, you can get hoodies and, and T-shirts and face masks, all that good stuff at politicsandright.com slash store to help. All, all of this helps us put this message out, a necessary message, so that we can avoid what is to come if we don't all make sure we are on the same team. Because, folks... We must be on the same team. The all-encompassing place for supporting Politics and Right, politicsandright.com slash support. Pick one of the many different ways that you have that you can provide us support. We really need your support to keep on moving forward. Okay, let's go ahead and get busy with uh, what Norman brought me today. I got a, a WhatsApp from Norman today, and you know, I, I, I listened to the to the WhatsApp, and I said, Norman, I hear you. I know exactly what you're saying. I understand. I know what this guy is saying sounds plausible. It even sounds like what it is supposed to be. Unfortunately, I think otherwise. And I'll go ahead and play it. There may be a few mistakes in here, but uh, because I think I had to retrain it or anyway. But let's go ahead and play it, and then we'll take it on the... Well, I'm going to play it right here. Let's go. Discussion became heated, and the two decided to submit the issue to arbitration. So they approached the judge lion. The donkey told the tiger, the grass is blue. The tiger replied, no, the grass is green. The discussion became heated, and the two decided to submit the issue to arbitration. So they approached the judge lion. As they approached the lion on his throne, the donkey started screaming, Your Highness, isn't it true that the grass is blue? The lion replied, If you believe it's true, then the grass is blue. The donkey rushed forward and continued, The tiger disagrees with me, contradicts me, annoys me. Please punish him. The king then declared, the tiger will be punished. Three days of silence, he declared. Well, the donkey jumped with joy and went on his way, content and repeating, The grass is blue! The grass is blue! Well, in private, the tiger asked the lion, Your Majesty, why have you punished me? After all, the grass is green. The lion replied, You've known and seen the grass is green. The tiger asked, So then why do you punish me? The lion replied, That has nothing to do with the question of whether the grass is blue or green. The punishment is because it is degrading for a brave, intelligent creature like you. 
to waste time arguing with an ass. And on top of that, you came and bothered me with that question just to validate something you already knew was true. You see, the biggest waste of time is arguing with a fool and fanatic who doesn't care about truth or reality. But only the victory of his or her beliefs or illusions never waste time on discussions that make no sense. There are people who, for all the evidence presented to them, do not have the ability to understand, nor do they want to understand, they just want to argue. Others who are blinded by ego or hatred and resentment, the only thing that they want is to be right, even if they aren't. The saying goes, when ignorance screams, intelligence moves on. Until next time. Now, here's my disagreement. We are one country. I want everybody to listen to me in detail. I am not a fool. I am not gullible. I don't believe in fallacies. I don't believe in fantasies. I don't believe that, uh, that all people are immutable. So given the, that, that belief system and given that I've seen it in practice, I cannot simply abide by that intelligent man's request because it's a true request for a good amount of people. But it's not a good request for the vast majority of people. And that is where I think I come across. The, the people that have the largest voice, they're loud, they're on TV, and everybody follows them. But everybody else are trying to just survive. They're just trying to live. And to make the loud mouths who have no... They, they know better. This guy is right. When he says, do not argue with an ass, a fool, he's a fool. The problem is that in that regard, he's right with the external fool and ass. He's wrong about what's happening on internal in many of these people. Don't you think, uh, don't you think Hannity knows that he's lying and he's putting a whole lot of people into dire straits? Yes, he does. But he's fulfilling the task of his masters. Okay? So we can say, and, and because what Hannity has done is he has created a trust regime between a group of people that trust him. And in trusting him and liking him, they believe what he has to say, and to some extent they want to will what he has to say into reality. My contention is, 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 is quite similar, just with truth. What do I mean by that? I told a person one time, we were having a discussion, and this guy, right-winger, why do you keep doing this to me, you know? I said, I asked him one question. I said, do you like me? And he, and he bowed his head and he said, the reason I, anytime I see your car at Starbucks, I come in is, yeah, I like you, you know? And I said, if you really believe all the things that you spout out here, why do you keep coming? 
I want to see if you have a backstop for everything that I hear. In other words, he wasn't willing, he, he, he is developing trust in me. Right? Because at some point, if he makes a turn, it's going to be because of that trust that he developed in me. I mean, it sounds unrealistic. It sounds to some people who hear all the noise on TV. It sounds like it's impossible. But it's only... Imp and you know who wants you to believe it's impossible? The plutocracy. You, uh, Brother Ledo came on here and he says, we've done educating, we've done doing all these things. And Daniel Ledo is talking as if he believes what's next is some sort of a civil war. And that is what the plutocracy wants. Oh, you know, a civil war comes. It won't be a civil war like, like we had in 1862, 63. That's not the kind of civil war we're talking about. It will be one in which the capitalists continue to make a whole bunch of money. You see, people don't... The reason I don't ever give up, the reason I continue doing this, is I know better. I know that the plutocrats make money on all sides. You know, it, it, as, a, as a weapon sellers, right? America sells more weapons than anybody else. And guess what? We furnish weapons to the people that are killing each other. We furnish weapons to the guerrillas. We furnish weapons to the states. We furnish weapons to everybody, just like Brazil does as well, right? It's all about the money. So what I'm saying is... I am not going to go out there and fight Daniel Lado. I'm not going to go out there and fight Eric Hayes. I'm not going to go out there and fight Mike Cisak. I'm not going to go out there and fight Brother Grant. I am not going to do any of that because that's what they want us to do. They, I do that, they win because that's the game they're playing. They need us to be at each other's throats. And if I can put inside of my body enough hate for all my right-wingers, then I spend all my time fighting them. Instead, I spend my time shoring up my lefties, my, my good old lefties. I spend all the time in the world shoring them up, empowering them. But at the same time, I spent, as, as Brother Tom is saying here, pointing out that the emperor has no clothes and letting them see that the liberal that they thought, or not the liberal, because uh, I don't think uh, both myself and Michael Rodney will not accept that as just the liberals, because we're not liberals, we're leftists, okay? That the progressives somehow... Or, 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 or people who want to take something away from you. Our job is to prove that that caricature that you see on Fox News isn't true. Because that caricature on Fox News, hell, I would be scared off too. That is the magic, folks. So my, my right-wingers in here, this is no act, okay? This is a deliberate this is a deliberate way of being to beat the plutocracy. I have no, I have no at all love for the plutocracy, 
for politicians, Republican or Democrat or otherwise, that are there to really do one thing and to make sure the population at large are fighting each other. That's not my game. Right now, the power of making progressive change lays within, lies within the Democratic Party because there is some room in there with 90-something plus progressives that are trying to make a change. And so far, the Republican Party has proven itself to be a party of death. That 780,000 people don't, seven, don't make you feel guilty for preaching policies that kill your own. If you look at where the deaths are occurring in this country, it is exactly under red state government or, or, or Republican principled places. That is where the deaths are occurring. Take a look at what's happening. They're killing their own. Many say, oh, great. Uh, survival of the fittest. Let them kill themselves. I can't do that either. I can't believe in that either because I become them. I become just as evil as they are. So my thing, Brother Reynolds, I understand what the brother was saying when he talks about don't talk to a fool. You see, I don't consider them fools. I gen and I mean that, mean that from the depth of my heart. And I, I want to give a correlation here. A person who grew up in Saudi Arabia knows nothing in the aggregate other than being under reared under that domain where women are second class citizens or what that's how they were reared that is ingrained in them okay i was raised in panama ingrained in me was sexism ingrained in me was homophobia what happened to me i was educated okay i was educated we have to leave the doors open for education and it's not I tell you something hell my daughter my wife no they don't listen to me at the first time maybe they eventually they say oh yeah I guess you were right eh so why would I expect a stranger to do the same with me it's going to take some effort and what I talk about geometric progression when I talk about geometric progression in the grassroots what I'm talking about is starting small teaching others to be progressively geometric and in doing so in doing so that is how ultimately we'll make change um let me see look i i, I thank you all uh, I, you know i didn't event avery i saw a message flashback i don't think i told you hi nanette bird team ashley strong yes yeah, she's ashley team ashley is strong uh, and, and, and she's getting better day by day. We're working hard to make sure that occurs. And I'll be here in D.C. until that eventuality is, is not just eventual, but it's real. Um, so uh, bottom line, I, I see what everybody is saying. Those who don't want. And, and by the way, I want to I want to point out something else because this is important. I want to point this out. I am not asking everybody to be. Uh, you know, as cheeky as I am, let's say, and say, okay, I am going to tolerate it or anything like that. 
I am not saying that. There are some people who have the ability to do that. And if you have the ability to do that, do it. But if you don't, just don't hold it against those who are willing to do it. I'm not asking Brother Norman Reynolds to do what I am doing because Norman Reynolds, who brought me the tape, has a lot of other important work to do for the movement. He's integral to the movement. But for those who are willing to engage others to try to make that change, also don't discourage them from doing it because we are one country, we're one world. And we have to get it done. Hey, go, guys, uh, if, go, to, uh, go to Vela and follow my daughter, Amazon. Uh, I, I just put the link in there. Check her out. Uh, I sent somebody put their team. Check my daughter's writings out. She's a, a pretty damn good writer. Uh, check it out. And I'm going to have to be getting out of here pretty soon. So I want to do one last ask. And my last ask is, folks, please, please support us. If you are on YouTube... Click that join button to become a member of our posse. We do need you to continue telling the message, getting the message out. Alternatively, if you're in another network, please go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. I need many hundreds more users on each one of those channels. And of course, you can support us via PayPal. We need you on PayPal as well. Several sources make things right. Uh, get our books. We talk a lot about these issues that I talk about in our books. Uh, politicsandright.com slash books. Politicsandright.com slash books. Hey, thank you for being here, Brother uh, Ruddin, and thank you for all that you bring. Thank you for what all of you guys bring to the show. Uh, likewise, politicsandright.com slash store. Politicsandright.com slash store. Get the hoodie. Get the all the good stuff that we have. Look, folks, I got to get out of here. I'm already over by one minute. So my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.